Yo, what up, Nashville? Three, it's y'all on the air, 104.5 The Zone. Brent Doherty, Don Davenport. What up, Don? Hi. Swaggy P. Knuckles on Twitter. Babs is woman of the year every day. Aw, that was very sweet. You think that's true? Hell no, <laughs> but that's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> Hulk is back. Sop. What up? And How's then, it going? And then we got this guy, the big man in the corner. I'm in the building. I'm in the building. Hey, I'm in the building. 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 What up, Slay Dog? What up, people? What's happening? Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Hump Dizzy. Happy, uh, what is this day? Groundhog Day. Ground his hog day. Yeah, six more weeks away, according to that fat ass groundhog. He can suck it. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, this guy, Taylor Wine, just tweeted, about to go live with 3HL. I've made it. I think that's probably true, Taylor. What's up, man? <laughs> yeah, guys, electric stack to be here, as always. Listen to you guys probably three times a year because you don't want to let soak in during the season. But every single time I listen, I'm never disappointed. Well, good. That means you never hear what we say about you. I got people. I got people to tell me that kind of stuff. It's all good. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, what's going on, man? How are you? Man, I am in beautiful Cave Creek, Arizona right now. I could not nice. find a cloud in the sky if I wanted. Mm. And it's about uh, 57 degrees in a dry. It's it, it's beautiful out here. So I'm just decompressing, got some family around me. It's been a nice uh, a nice week. Season ended a little too early for me. Yeah. But um, I'm I, it, now that it's over, decompressing, obviously the end of the season, it's, it's like a transition for me with my family. Like, I come back in. I'm all super competitive. I'm racing my daughter to her bedroom before she goes to night, <laughs> and I beat her by a mile, and she gets pissed. But that's life, honey. You win and you lose. <laughs> Did I see on on your <laughs> on your beautiful wife's uh, Instagram that perhaps you guys are opening some kind of restaurant or bar or something there, right? Some kind of well, venue. Cats out of the bag. So I don't know if you guys have ever been to Cave Creek, Arizona. Let me just let me just lay down the groundwork for you. It's the truest form of a western town you can still find in this beautiful country of ours. You drive up north about twenty five to thirty minutes from Scottsdale, which everybody knows about Scottsdale, yep. and you cruise through the small town and you notice there's no mom and pop shop. I'm sorry, there's no franchises, just mom and pop shops. Mm-hmm. There's not even a light to be seen. About fifty two hundred people locally, right? Then all of a sudden the weekend hits, and it's like a mini, tiny, itty-bitty Broadway. And there is nine acres of a bar. And I thought to myself, win-lose, what do you do? You still booze. So why wouldn't we give this thing a try? <laughs> it's, it's the most fun place in the world. It's a beautiful place to raise a family. Uh, I love it. So we're, we're going to give it the old college try and see what happens. Man, we need invited to that, man. Yeah, a little show trip. Can you shotgun on balls? Can we keg stand? It's not open yet. Okay, Okay. I was going to christen it with a keg stand. We we can do anything. It's the off season. We can do whatever we want now. (laughs) There you go. I I think you have a bus or something. You could transport us there, right? Like two, six, six, eight dudes doing keg stands. I don't know what that. I think that'll be worth it. So I could see you like behind the bar, like in, in the off season and stuff like that. Like you would want all in on that part of it, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a people person. I like I like pleasing the people. So like kind of being around, shaking hands, kissing babies, I enjoy I enjoy the whole thing. So I you know, I have a really good friend of mine. We've always talked about owning a bar and he's been in the bar business for a long time. Um it's a fun deal. It's a the town I grew up in and it's just it's just a really cool uh it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy when I think about it. So I'm very excited. <laughs> 
Jay Lewan with us on 3HL. Uh, how, how hard has it been to try to get over what happened in that Cincinnati game? Because I try to tell people all the time, like, the NFL season is is it's almost like going down the interstate at 100 miles an hour, and then if you have a playoff loss, and and 31 teams do, it's it's like you just hit a wall and it's over. That's that's got to be hard. Yeah, it's hard, and and more than anything, this year more than ever, you know, in 2019 when we were like the sixth seed or whatever the lowest seed was, I know they changed it, and we went on that run. Um, when it ended, you obviously want to go to the Super Bowl and win, but there was a level of, of wow, like we've really got something going here in Nashville yeah. now. Like we really can do this. And I think being the one seed, going through all the adversity, 91 guys playing uh, NFL record, that just shows, you know, the the culture that John wanted to establish, the the culture that Mike Vrabel did establish. It's just uh, it's just special. And when you go and have a train wreck like that. It's tough, and I'm 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 two weeks removed, and every day I kind of sit there and I'm like, damn it, like we could have really done this thing, you know? If a, if a couple things would have went our way, we could be playing in this in the game next week, and it's a it's a hard pill to swallow because you never know if you can recreate it again. You talk about the a couple of things had have gone our way, obviously uh, turnovers are are what's talked about after that game and a lot of criticism on your quarterback and in a lot of opinions on Ryan Tannehill and the performance that uh, he put out there during that game. What is your take on Ryan Tannehill on what happened on the struggles in that last game? Yeah, man, Ryan sucks, doesn't he? He's the worst. All he did was come in here. All he did was come in here and revamp a franchise and bring us to the playoffs last three. You know what? Screw that guy, man, for being the heart and soul of this team, a team that just keeps fighting through adversity. For me, I mean, when you're in the building every single day and three or four times this year, Ryan had to have a different left tackle playing the game. Yeah. Having not having me last year after I tore my ACL, not having – you know, when we played the Patriots game, the only drafted players on the on the offense were me, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, and Ryan Tannehill. And the first half of that game and into the third quarter, we were in that game. We rushed for 200 yards. Ryan did a great job throwing the ball around. And for everyone that's upset with Ryan about the interceptions, here's the first thing everyone needs to realize. And this one might not make me a fan favorite, but y'all don't know anything. Not you guys. The, the fans, they, they really don't know. And it could have been a wide receiver running the wrong route. It could have been uh, a guy in his face from protection. It's a, it's the reason why it's the greatest team sport ever is because it just can't be one guy that makes it work for everybody else. It's not a, you can't have a LeBron James in his prime come in and just help the Cavaliers go to the, you know the, fi- or the the playoffs and make it deep. You just can't you can't do that. And Ryan has been a guy that has made those gutsy throws time and time again, and he was celebrated for it, loved for it. The whole, like. The, the city of Nashville was praising his name, and unfortunately a couple things happened in this game that I don't even know whose fault it was, right? I don't know what, what should or should not have happened. For me, it's, hey, it's this, this is the protection. You're by yourself, and there's Trey Hendrickson. You've got to block that guy so we have enough time to get down. Like, and so I love Ryan, and I think emotions are high, and that's how fans should be. They should have their emotions high. They should – you know, be pissed off because we did lose and they have every right to be angry. But next year, I think, you know, you ride with Tannehill and he's going to, he's going to do what he's always done for us. 
give us a fighting chance to win a game every single week. And I think that's a beautiful thing about the NFL. You don't win 12, go 11 and five and 12 and uh, yeah, 12 and five yeah. all the time. And we've been able to do that two, two years in a row. I mean, we all know back in 2014 when your boy was, was wet behind the ears just with a backpack on hoping to make a couple bucks in the NFL, we couldn't buy a win, you know? And, and now this franchise has turned into something that is respected uh, week in and week out when you go play other teams. There's a culture. Yeah. It's amazing how different that culture is now too, right? Like from when you first got there. God, isn't it wild? Uh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. When I, mean, I remember, I remember showing up in 2014 and looking at people and being like, "All right, we got a squad," not knowing anything, right? Hmm. And now you look at the roster and you're like, "Damn, we didn't have anything going on. We had Delaney Walker, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you had, you had a tight end getting triple coverage, and we were still losing by 30. And we had, I mean, a shout out to Amy Strump uh, for bringing in John Robinson, six winning seasons, and then him." saying, all right, we went to the playoffs with Mike Malarkey, but that's not good enough. We're taking Mike Vrabel, a guy who, honestly, guys, and I, I hate, I hate blowing up uh, Braves because he <laughs> loves it. But the guy is, his football intelligence is beyond anything I've ever seen. He has the guys in the right spot. The guys know the rules. If you look at a simple situation like the Raiders and the Bengals, when they were playing the wild card weekend, there was a kickoff and the guy went to field the kickoff right near the end zone. <laughs> yeah. Every guy who was on that kickoff return team on the Titans would have known you need to step out before you touch the ball. Cause then the ball is dead and then there's a penalty. He just does, he has a, he does an amazing job of breaking things down for guys and making sure they know the rules and they use them to their favor. And so this, this franchise is going to be, you know, as long as those two guys are around, this franchise is going to be great for a long time. As long as we're talking about Vrabes and, and kind of blowing him up, coach of the year, right? Like, no doubt. Oh, God. There's, listen, here I go again, dude. My knees are getting sore. He <laughs> is by far coach of the year. By far, without a doubt. Like, it's it's not even close. It's not – It's. I mean, there are great coaches out there. Obviously, uh, LaFleur is, is a great coach. Um, I thought it was a Brian Flores. Is that the yeah. coach of Miami mm-hmm. who was – they obviously split up, and there's a lot of things going on with them right now we don't need to get into. I have no business even talking about it. He, I mean, seven games in a row when you have a team that looks like they don't have a chance, and all of a sudden they, they won so many games. And it, There's a lot of coaches that can win this, but I think Raves, the adversity we went through and him instilling this culture, it goes without, it just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slam dunk to me. Ted LeJuan with us on 3HL uh, from, uh, where are you in uh, in Arizona? I just looked it up. Cave, uh, Creek. Cave Creek. Yeah. Beautiful. Cave Creek, baby. All right. Uh, well, how far away from Sedona is that? I'd say it's about an hour, hour 20. Beautiful rocks up there. Yeah, no question. Well, a lot of, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in Sedona. Do you have weird stuff in, in Cave yeah. Creek? Yeah, no, there's no, like, energy vortexes like that. Yeah. So, Sedona's a weird spot, man. <laughs> Sedona's got that that big time hippie vibe, right? Oh yeah. You know, it, it's a wild little spot. And then forty five minutes down the road from Sedona, there's a place called Jerome, Arizona. I've been there. Old mining town. Jerome, Arizona. Yeah, dude, yeah, it's wild. It's like on a it's like on a mountain, but it's like completely haunted. And I don't know yes. if you guys don't believe in ghosts or not, but but your boy's in it. Like I'm I'm the dude out there watching ghost adventures. Like I see this stuff and I'm like 100 percent real. Taylor, I, no doubt about it. Listen, I'm coming out there. We're gonna we're gonna go investigate Jerome. We'll put our little spin on that yeah, thing and crazy. tell some stories. Yeah. No, that's that's right. Right. Yeah, dude, it's, 
the high school the Texas out there will make it all work. The high school looks like, and nobody will get this reference, maybe, maybe uh, Dawn. Uh, but the high school in Jerome looks like the high school in um, Nirvana uh, Teen Spirit video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've actually seen that video, and you're right. <laughs> there you go. Um, how much of a grind was this season? You kind of went into that, but 91 guys playing. You were injured in and out, um, never 100%. Most of the guys were like that. How much of a grind was this season on you Well, after the first full pad of practice of camp, no one is 100%. No, right. one, no one feels the best they've ever felt in their life. And for me, you know, I had a lot of expectations for myself going into the season that I wanted to accomplish and um, it just didn't go the way I wanted it to. Uh, obviously, the infamous week one where Chandler Jones treated me like a little boy, that was never fun. We met, no one enjoyed that, especially Tannehill. Um, but the thing that I'm proud of, the thing that I'm proud of the most is as the season kept going, um, I didn't waver, and I just kind of kept, kept getting better at, you know, whether it was a pass game, screen game, run game, uh, all those things. And, you know, if we're looking at things from an unbiased opinion, because obviously I'm talking about myself, like my run game, I don't, it was not up to par. It wasn't what it should have been. It hasn't what it been, wasn't what it's been in the past. Obviously, we still had a lot of success in the run game. But if I was, you know, two years ago, 2020, I think we would have, you know, I like to think we'd have more, even more success and, and maybe, um, you know, I don't, not one guy wins a game, but, you know, helps out in a much bigger fashion from a, from a pass pro standpoint. You know, week one happens, and surprisingly enough, statistically, it wasn't my worst game ever. I had, I had two sacks and then a brutal bunch of hits and pressures, and you know, just really wasn't ready out there physically and mentally when I when I went out. But as the year kept going, I gave up one sack the rest of the year, and mm. I, I'm I'm proud of that. I'm proud of coming and working through that because, I mean, you guys don't know, but like when you go and you get beat up treated real bad the way Chandler Jones treated me. Uh, it's, it puts you in a tough mental spot, and you've got to continuously work through it and then to, to tack on the injuries to go with it. And those things are normal. And I go and I talk to every doctor, every specialist, like, hey, why am I – why is my back hurt? Why is, the, you know, my knee still feeling this way? And it's, it's kind of a consensus thing that, you know, the knee is attached to the hip, which is attached to the, the back, and then so on and so forth. And it's kind of how the game goes. And – um, those issues come up quite a bit in the first year of having an ACL repair. So more than anything, I'm excited to come back to prove to myself that I can still be the same person. You talk about excited to come back. You percentage wise, where are you on that will be here in Nashville with the Titans? Yeah, you, I think that's a good question, Don. I, it's, you know, I could go and break everything down. Like I know that, um, um, if I'm making 12 this year and my dead cap is one yeah. seven or whatever it is, that's a pretty beautiful chunk to take and save and all that. Well, yeah. you know, it really just depends what John really thinks I'm capable of doing. I know that um, John and I have had a lot of conversations, especially his first year and uh, when they had the o- number one overall pick and everyone was saying, Hey, take, take a tackle, take a tackle, move Taylor to right. And we had a very long, extensive conversation and that, I'm not saying I did it, but the pick got traded. And I've I've done a, a good job for him ever since then. And obviously, you know, they're going to do what they think is best for the team. I want to be a Titan, and I think I will be a Titan. 
I don't, there's not a whole lot of doubt in my head. You know, when you get asked these questions, you don't, you don't want to sit there and be like, I'm a hundred percent back. And then two weeks later, John calls you and says, Hey, bring your playbook, buddy. It's over. But you, you, I sit there and I have a lot of confidence being there for eight years, knowing those guys, knowing the coaches and them knowing me that, um, I, I, I like to think I'd be back, but like I said, they, they have to make the best decisions for this team. It's such a business, you know that. I mean, you just spouted out your your dead cap money. I'm sure everybody kind of pays attention to those things. Roger Saffold in a in a similar situation, but how hard would it be for you to put on another uniform? So hard, I don't think I I don't know if I would. That's how hard I think it would be. Wow. You know, I I tell you what, man, like huh. a lot of people come into the NFL and and want to make money and don't care who they play for and but you know, even on, on this, and you guys have said your piece on me before, good and bad, and everybody has, and Nashville, I've told my wife this, I think with my personality and who I am, and I've tried to play the all-American boy, captain guy before, and it just doesn't play off for me, and <laughs> the city of Nashville, when I came in in 2014, just took me under the wing and allowed me to be myself, and allowed me to flourish not only as a player, but as a person, and find out who I really am. When you're, when you're in college... I mean, you don't remember your weekends, right? And you spend your weeks grinding in the weight room. Mm -hmm. So I I came out of college with not really knowing who I was, not having a solid foundation of who is Terrell Lewan. And, you know, this city, damn, man, this city means everything to me. I love them. I love them to death. And to go back on the cap thing, you know, when I I signed my contract, I was the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL. And now if an average tackle in the league is making – 16, 17, 18 million dollars a year. And so I know it sounds kind of wild, but in a in a weird crazy twilight zone sense, I I'm not very expensive for the caliber of player I am and the caliber of player I know I can be and you know, I just I just love this damn city so much. Did did you think that the, like I I'm curious when you got drafted, like what did you know about Nashville? What did, I mean like, look back to the, that version of Taylor Lewan. Could you imagine yourself saying these things about Nashville these years later? No, because I'm a completely different person. Yeah. I mean, if you ask somebody who met me in 2014 at Losers, you know, 15 <laughs> beers in, trying to trying to sing with the band, they'd be like, this guy's not going to make it. Dawn's you raising know? her hand. And, and I'm like, like, I actually yes, met you there. 100%. 100%. And it was just like, I was a, I was a, I was a wild, wild person getting after it left and right and center, man. It was go to practice, then go out with the boys, go to play a game, then go out with the boys. And it's just been a big transition for me. And the luckiest thing I've ever done in my life is meet my wife because I met her. Uh, when I was done with year two going into year three. Yeah. And I obviously kind of touched on the conversation that me and John had. But before that, I met my wife. I, we got, I proposed her in five weeks because I knew. I was like, <laughs> if I can be good enough for this woman, then I'm going to be all right. And mm. so I proposed her. We get married in a small church of Vanderbilt or something like that with nobody around. I couldn't take you back to that church if I wanted to. I couldn't find it. And I went on a website. I went on a website and found a 24-hour guy, you know, this heavier set gentleman who who did the whole vow thing for us. And I now pronounce you husband and wife by the power vested in me by so and so dot com, right? <laughs> and we and we did it, and I was able to make three Pro Bowls. But that's not me, dude. That's that's me with my wife Taylor. Like 
if it was just me and the person that Don saw at Losers, that dude's not making three Pro Bowls. That dude's getting after it too much and then waking up 10 years later going, all right, I did all right. But, you know, it wasn't what I what I could have been in these last few years. I've been just tough. You know, you get a PED and half the people think you're a scumbag cheater and the other half believe you that you didn't do it, but there's nothing you can really do because opinions are opinions. And, you know, you, you take a lie detector test and hopefully people believe that. And then, you know, you start off 2020 with uh, five good games. I'm playing great ball and you tear your ACL. Like, these are things you can't control. And so I'm just – it would hurt a lot because I know how much I can give. And not having an off season last year to train and condition and, and, and be as strong as I was, like, put on the film from 20, from this year to 2019, 2020, like my, my conditioning's not as good. My speed's not as good. My explosion's not as good. My strength's not as good. And so I've never been a person to like hide from like a, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm still this guy. It's like, listen, I wasn't that guy last year and that's okay. But yeah, like I have to have grace for myself knowing that came back from an ACL, didn't work out the way you wanted it to give him hell next year. So because now my knee feels great and I have a whole off season to train. And if, you know, people know anything about me who's been around me is I, the boy works. So I'm excited. I, and I know that everybody appreciates your transparency, your honesty. Always been that way. Oh, you've always, always been that way. Yeah. And, and like your maturity, it just it's ridiculous nowadays. You mentioned the mental part of it and where you struggled even this year, starting the season like that with the injury you know, going back to the PEDs, all of this, the mental side of this game and this profession and this career. And I know you mentioned your wife and I know she's probably a big piece of how you deal with that. But how else have you kind of strengthened that part of who you are and where you are? You know, the mental side of it's been a thing for me for years. I've always in the offseason and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to get to that. And then it never really happens. You know, I'm going to, because then you get, you get, the farther you get away from the season, the less it hurts. Whatever the game was, whatever the sack was, the farther you distance yourself from that situation, the better you feel. And then you think, oh, I'm all good. I'm a dog. I'm this, I'm that. And then when, when I got the week one situation for me, it was like how there's no way for me to run from these mental demons going in my head. Like, oh, am I going to go get exposed again like that? Is that, is this my life now? Is this what I've become? And so instead of running away from those insecurities, it was kind of about facing them head on and uh, talking with someone, meeting with someone. And uh, the Titans have, have a crew called Cheat Code that they actually introduced this year. And it was like, wow, like what, like it's sitting, it's staring me right in the face that I have an outlet like this to figure out, you know, what the mental hurdles are right in front of me. So why wouldn't I go in and take advantage of that? And, be, and because of that, and not only allow me to play better football, not my best football, but better football, and be an, be an adequate player on this team. But the, the, thing, the thing that hurt the most during that wasn't like, you know, I'm not going to get a Pro Bowl, I'm not going to be this. It's like, for me, it was like, man, I don't want my teammates to lose their respect for me. You think of a guy like Jeffrey Simmons who just got in the league, this is his third year, the first year of a PED, the second year I have an ACL, like he doesn't know me. He doesn't know the, the, the player that I've been here for a while. Mm. And so it's like my biggest fear, my biggest insecurity dealing with that. I was like, man, I really hope 
you know, these guys, and Jeff is just a, a specific one individual of a bunch, but like, I hope these guys don't lose respect for me and think I'm just like clowning around and joking around. Cause regardless of what happens on the field, I'm still going to enjoy my life. I'm still going to be happy and joking around and stuff like that. And it, it was tough. It was a really difficult thing. So it's, they helped me so much. Armando was the main guy I worked with, and they were outstanding. And I'm going to continue to do that because it's more, it's more than just lifting weights and running gassers. It, it really is. Taylor, man, listen, um, <laughs> you, you, you got a quality that I got in myself, man. It's being loyal to a fault. Um, and I think if you get the opportunity to go That's into the room. That's definitely true, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> if you get the opportunity to go into a room and they tell you, Taylor, Man, you can say your goodbyes. It ain't gonna be no goodbyes, man, because they're gonna tell you we're gonna resign you. Because young man, you 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 got something in you, dog. You you got this. This is my first time getting to really lock in and and, and talk straight to you, man. This you got something in you, man. I think you belong right here in Nashville. So, man, you you showed me something today, man. I I, I appreciate your honesty. You know, and Don talked about it early in the year. Um, but your, your honesty is one thing, man, that you don't get a lot of times from players because you don't have to be. You know what I'm saying? You just go out there and do your job and go on back home. But for you to take time out and, and speak really from your heart, man, that's salute to you for that, man. And I think not only do well, I appreciate I, it, but Nashville appreciates that too. Well, I appreciate you saying that, man. It really does mean a lot. And this is the first time we've really talked. And I think it's, you know, these some players that either come on here or go on other shows, it's, you know, it's tough being in a spotlight. And, and a lot of times guys don't want people to know the real them mm-hmm. because, it's a huge piece of vulnerability because yeah. I'm showing myself as a, like, this is me. This is who I am. And now people have, you know, when you look at the, uh, the mentions on, on Twitter, it'd be like, Oh, you, Hey Taylor, you're a POS. You're this. It's like, Oh, you don't know me. Right. But putting myself in these vulnerable situations, it allows people to really make a educated decision on who I am. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I mean, Twitter to me is, is, is a comedy routine. Like everything <laughs> I say is supposed to be a joke. And, yeah. and a lot of people don't get that. Some people do, but, you know, there's so many outlets in life, and why would you hurt yourself by being closed off to a world and not embracing the culture that is around you? Well, and that's tough because I think kids growing up, I mean, their their social media uh, um, personality is is who they want to choose mm-hmm. to portray, and then mm-hmm. and then if some people come at them, they don't know how to deal with that. That's why I love what you're saying about the mental health aspect of dealing with giving up five sacks. It's not about what me or Don or Slay or it, or or Fan X or Y says, it's about the guys in the locker room, right? Like mm-hmm. not letting those guys down. Yeah, let me pause you real quick there, Bub. Uh, it was two sacks. He had five total, but two one. Let's not let's not do that now. Let's not do that. I stand right? corrected, Taylor. <laughs> oh, that was hey, and right here I am being all vulnerable with you, and then that right there fucked up the ego. And here we go, boys. We're back. <laughs> Boom, no, shut it to me. In all, in all seriousness, it, I, I get it. And this kids, like, you know, I grew up not watching sports at all. Like, my heroes in life were Travis Pastrana, who's a freestyle motocross rider, and Johnny Knoxville. Like, those are the type, type of guys that I looked up to. Yeah. Those are those are my people. And, you know, when I was younger, I'd get in trouble. I got in trouble with the law a little bit. I was, you know, this punk skater, nobody understands me, smoke a half-smoking cigarette from Target. 12-year-old, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was that was me, and my old man put me in football, and, you know, I once I started to know the game, I started to look at people, and, you know, a huge reason why I went to the University of Michigan is because Jake Long went to Michigan. He's the reason why I wore 77. I looked up to this guy who actually lives in Nashville now. 
And I was like, wow, like first overall pick. They just put out dudes. Like, that's where I want to go. Because the minute I got a scholarship offer, I was like, oh, I'm going to league. That's what we're doing, baby. <laughs> and then now, like, this, this social media, you see everybody putting up their highlight tapes and, you know, their favorite rapper's quote with them, like, doing whatever, you know, crouch down, right. trying to be Mr. Cool Guy. And it's like, it's not the move, ball. Like, be whoever you are. And I have these kids, like, saying, what do I need to do? What, like, how do I become, you know, the next Taylor Lewan or the next so-and-so? And it's like, dude, the easiest thing you do is be yourself, work hard. And if you do those two things, regardless of the result, if it is what you want, if it's not what you want, you're going to be proud of yourself at the end. And that's what people don't realize is everybody sees the success that A.J. Brown has or Derrick Henry has or I have, and they think, oh, these guys are just – you know, built different. And they're this. It's like, listen, we deal with stuff every single day. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm six seven. I ran a four eight forty. You know, like that. That stuff you can't really teach. But the work ethic that goes on in the off season is a huge part of making us who we are on Sundays. And that's my most excited thing for these kids to know and for me to get into. So next season, you know, we can be having this conversation going, hey, what a great year we won the Super Bowl. We did this, and you played great. You know, that's you're always trying to achieve this greatness, this perfection that'll never come. And it's just a, it's, that's why the sport's so wild. That's why when you love it, it always breaks your heart. Taylor Lewan with us on 3HL. He loves Don. He used to like me. He just met Slay. Mm -hmm. So Taylor, Slay's got this thing called the Boom Boom Room, and you've, uh, you've uh, been given the opportunity to jump in if you would like. I don't, you know, I don't know what the boom boomer is. I had a couple of guesses though. Well, let me explain to you, Taylor. Let, let me let me let me take all the assumption out of it, man. The boom boom room is a place where you get locked in. You lock the door, and the only way you can get out is if you tell the honest truth. And if you don't, you oh, just got to stay in the boom boom room forever, man. You, are you are you willing to do this? Oh, 100 percent, dude. I think well, hey, we've spent what. 33 minutes together at this point? Yeah. We're, we're full in now. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Ain't no need. Kick your shoes off, baby. Man. Get comfortable. Let's go, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Ah, yes. <laughs> One man on his way in to the boom, boom, room. All right. Here we go, man. Taylor Lewan is entering the boom, boom, room, man. Brought to you by Low T Center. Taylor, <laughs> you cannot get out of this room, man. And this right here, this is all fun. This is cries. This is no lies. But you got it right here. You got to bring it. So first question: Run left. Like, wh wh like, why? Why? Why do we need to run left? And it, what, tell me about that. Does that? Does that? Does that actually bring more pressure to you guys? You and Southall when you scream and run left? Yeah, you know what? I like that you asked that. Here's here's the, my my short answer is why not, baby? You know, so, <laughs> you gotta do. so so Luan, me, me being answer. a competitor though, I'm over here on the right side screaming. What are you talking about? Run right. He ain't talking about nothing yeah. over there. Yeah. Listen, Jack Conklin said the same thing, and David Quisenberry said the same thing. But damn it, I don't give a you know what I'm saying. We're running left. That's the only thing that matters to me. I think it kind of is like a facade, right? Because it takes five, six, seven guys to make the run go. You run left. <laughs> You get stretched, but really the backside of the of uh, the line, which would be the right in the situation, is the one getting the cutoffs and making that gap open. For me, the way our system is, the run game is a live, or, live and die by the sword. Like I'm sprinting off the ball and trying to put my face on the crown of that or on the chin of that guy mm -hmm. and take him to the sideline. You know, like sometimes it. you whiff, sometimes you don't, but when you don't, baby, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, uh, more, more stretch. 
More, more stretch means more opportunity for cuts backside. I'm all about the run left. I like it. Three, three more questions for you, and I'm going to let you up out of here. Now, every O-line has a culture. What is the Titans' culture for that O-line? Yeah, uh, Keith Carter's going to kill me if I don't say this correctly. It's um, <laughs> speed off the ball, toughness, and finish. Those are the three pillars. I don't know if you can make a house with three pillars. I think there's a fourth, <laughs> but I mentioned one. Those are the three. That's okay. my boom, boom, room answer. You're making TP. I like it. All right, so you got to make you got to make a, you got to make a decision right here. And this right here, this gonna be this might touch your heart. You got the boss hog truck, or yeah, you got the Mustang when it's ready. Oh, you know about the Mustang? I'm just baby. saying. Okay. I'm just saying. Oh. I ain't, I'm just saying. I ain't letting too oh, much man, out man, of the bag. I'm just saying. Out there. I like it. <laughs> I'm just saying, Taylor. Like that's it. all. <laughs> Which one? Which so one boss, you choose? The boss hog. The boss hog. You talking about the bus or like what actually boss hog used in Dukes of Hazard? No, the boss hog truck. Yeah. You, 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 you. The, the truck. I don't you, think I have a truck. No, nah, the the big bus, which I want to get on. But oh, the that's, bus. that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Listen, you rate five stars, you subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe. You got to take the bus 10 times out of 10 over the Mustang. <laughs> Mustang's a toy. It's a fun little deal. It but is. that bus is moving mountains, baby. That bus is moving mountains. How fast would that Mustang get up to when it's done? Fast enough. Fast enough. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have a cool mugshot for speeding. <laughs> Without question. <laughs> Without question. All right, this is the next one. My last one. Man, the next time you go to a press game, I've been lobbying all year. Man, Taylor LeWan got to do out, go out there and chug a bill. I want to go out there and chug a bill. <laughs> and I want to put my belly on the glass. So I need you to make it happen. The press ain't listening to me. I need you to make a call and get me on the glass and you on the glass. Shirts off, belly on the glass, shotgun in the bill. Are you with it? You want to go? You want to go tops off with the boys? Come on, slamming beers Come on, on a catfish. Come on. I, listen, I don't play. I don't play for the Preds, but I have been talking to the Preds, and it seems like we got a little something going on. Oh, 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 oh. in Nissan Stadium. I'm not sure. Hey, I'm not a doctor. I can't write this prescription, right? But I think <laughs> they're going to come out here and make give it done for us. I, I don't know. And if they say, "Hey, the one you get a plus one." My wife wants to stay back. Guess what? That tummy's gonna be pressed up the glass with me. All right. Hey, that's all. That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm saying. I accept it. That's that's what's up. <laughs> all right, Taylor Lewan, you I are out it. of the boom boom room, my brother. Appreciate you. I love it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no doubt. All right. Hey, uh, great job, man. Sorry we kept you that long, but uh, hey, can I ask just no. one more like personal? Done, oh man, here we go. <laughs> just one more. No, I just... no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I want to know what the best thing about being a dad is because I see your adorable kids, and I want to know what your favorite part about being a daddy is. See, hey, you know man, the female what emotional what about one. Being a dad. Um, I don't know. I think it's like teaching, like doing things that like I learned growing up. It's so simple, but like when I teach my kids something and they just start doing it, like uh, an example is me and my wife, we went to get, went to a sandwich shop the other day and your boys, your boys has, it has a two week break. So yeah, I got me a, glu- a gluten sandwich, some tea <laughs> on there. I got myself a bag of chips. <laughs> And my daughter sits down, and she gets herself a little bag of Cheetos. Says, "Why? Well, when Daddy's cheating on his diet, we're all cheating on the diet." <laughs> and I, I pull off, I pull off the bread of my sandwich, and I start putting my chips on my sandwich. And I like a little crunch in my lunch. And my daughter looks at me, and she goes, "Why do you do that?" And I explain to her, like having a little crunch helps a little texture. 
maybe you would like it. So we start lining up Cheetos on her sandwich. We put it down, and she eats it, and she loves it. Aww. And she's had a sandwich since then, and without me even telling her nothing, she went and grabbed some chips and put it on her sandwich. And to me, it's like my, I'm making memories with my child. And yeah. like, she's gonna, like the rest of her life, she's going to be like, you know, why do you put chips on your sandwich? She's like, hey, when I was four, she might not remember this, but, you know, for me, I'm going to remember. <laughs> she's like, when I was four, my old man taught me this, and <laughs> I've done man. it ever since. And to me, that's just like just super cool that you have this kind of like influence on a child and you just hope, hey, listen, you just hope that God you don't screw it up, right? <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm worried. Then uh, you don't want them daddy issues. You do not want those. <laughs> You're a girl dad, girl. that's right. I, I think this is a... I know, I know. <laughs> and my wife's talking about three right now, and I'm like, dude, oh, I get a boy. I want, just give me one boy. But you know me, I'm going to have twin girls next. You're right. I'm having twin girls, and it's going to be epic. I'm going to have four little girls ripping around. All right. No testosterone in the house. <laughs> We've been we've been doing three HL since January of 2010. This is officially the longest commercial-free interview uh, in the yes, history of the show. Officially, we appreciate you. Thank you for the time, man. And uh, 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 we'll, we'll check you out later. Maybe we'll come to the bar when you get that done. That sounds like an outstanding plan. And no free drinks. We have to we have to pay the bills. <laughs> I'll buy yours. See you, buddy. All right, sounds good. All right. Sorry. Taylor LaJuan, 77. Bussin' with the boys. Check out the podcast. It's out there, and it's uh, spectacular. Uh, I have no idea what's coming up next. Uh, <laughs> stay with us. <laughs> Three Tell, 104.5 The Zone. Hope you all enjoyed that. Taylor LaJuan is uh, one of the more interesting and open people you will ever talk with. I just have a people. That was it. That was what's up. I was impressed. He, he, he just he just got a, I I already liked him. He just got a fan though, right there. He just got a fan. That, so we on. I just we appreciate on. the transparency. The, you said like, that. You always said that. I always don't I because I'm like I don't that. care what you say if you you say if you're honest yeah. and you say what you feel yeah. and we don't get that from athletes a lot mm-hmm. and I'm so it's very refreshing there, there were so many things to kind of piece out of that i mean literally that that was way longer than any of us normally do in local radio but um <clears throat> at what point where any of y'all have said oh taylor time to go <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like you just gotta keep rolling but i thought i thought it was really interesting um after your question about uh what percent chance do you think you have to be back here and, and, you know, he said, that's a fair question because of, you know, how much money they'll save and what my dead cap number is and all of those things. So he's clearly, obviously, I mean, it's his life. He's going to know. But yeah. I thought that was interesting that he would share that. And then. And every player knows. Yeah. And then when we would, and then when we asked how hard would it be to put on another jersey, he said, I don't know that I would. Mm-hmm. That was really surprising. It was dope. And I because think that's a testament to how much he loves Nashville and how much right. he loves that organization. Yep. But then you got to ask yourself also, man. You know, you understand loyalty, and you want to run it back. You know, we would love to have Saffo back as well. Like, and and let's same, try it one more time. Yeah, let's, let's try it one more time with health involved and everybody good. A little bit of luck. What can get done then? But at the same time, you also got to be able to remove yourself and say, and this is the reason I think it hurts so bad because you're so loyal to a franchise, and then at the drop of a dime. You just asking for one more time to run it back one more time, and I'm going to show you, and they pulled a plug on it. So, I mean, you, you kind of left like, darn, man, where does the loyalty lie? 
Because in a sense, there is no loyalty. No. When business. it comes from, yeah, there yep. you go. It's a business. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's that's the tough part of it, man. Show me the money. Hey, man, exactly. Exactly. But one thing they better not do is let them walk in their room after they tell them, hey, if they were to tell them, and I ain't speaking this to existence, Taylor, we getting rid of you. We got to let you go. They better not let them come in there and have no closing remarks. Because they're going to resign them on the top. That man, they'll, <laughs> that man, they'll talk his way about a phone booth, man. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm going to be real. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, it was your idea to have him on, which was a great one, because you had heard uh, the conversation on The Pivot with mm-hmm. Channing Crowder and those guys. We talked about it earlier. and, and Which you said was phenomenal, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Y'all, y'all go check that out. And follow it up with the Busting with the Boys, the first segment with him and Will Compton. He addressed some of the things, too, so... He was real open, man. Yeah, real those open. guys are super interesting. But we were talking about it, and, and we were just like, well, let's just text him. Let's get him on. Yeah. Yep. And he's in Arizona opening a bar or building one. <laughs> yeah, trying to get it off the ground. Jerome, yeah. Arizona, legit. That's that a crazy is, name. It's unreal. So that if was you ever, another random part of that conversation. And that we've both been there. But like, right. if, if you go to Sedona, which is an interesting place, too, but uh, Jerome's there, so like, mm-hmm. just hit that place up, too. Literally, the town was built into the side of a mountain um, because they were mining all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. And Jerome almost became the capital of Arizona because there was so much money being funneled through that little bitty place. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's severely haunted, which is amazing. Somebody said, forget the business. Nashville is a family. Yeah. It's, I feel you until it ain't. It doesn't say forget the business. It say <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Something with an F. <laughs> forget. Uh, at the RHL1045 on uh, Twitter, uh, so much going on. Um, Jim Harbaugh to the Vikes. We, I mean, honestly, it was on my sheet to ask him about that, but we never got there. So, I mean, how, when you're talking about life. Bad position are you putting Michigan, Michigan in yeah. timing wise? Especially because right? remember Harbaugh used to blow up signing day, man, big. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Oh yeah, remember he had the big party and yeah. the khakis yep. were dancing and. And now he's talking to an NFL team about a job. Wasn't interview. even on the in the office today for national signing. Well, day. Yeah, I mean, today that, doesn't count. It does to them. I'm, nah. <laughs> nah, nah. It's an opportunity to further the brand. And he was talking to NFL. Listen, just the optics. Of, just the optics of that. On signing day, you're inter- interviewing with an NFL team. That tells you all you need to know. Well, my take on it is, you're leaving your school this late in the game in a pretty bad position because remember we talked about Josh Heupel in Tennessee and when he was hired and what a bad position he was in because he came in so late. Well, guess what? The year anniversary of that was what last week. Mm-hmm. So. This is even later now for where Michigan's going to have to go find a new coach. Here may be a guy on the uh, class action lawsuit. Former Cleveland head coach Hugh Jackson said he was given, quote, no chance to win with the Browns. Mm. So uh, we'll hear his story. He also said he was offered money to lose games, right? That's true. If if, if he went that direction, he's probably loaded If you missed any (laughs) of that Taylor Wampolin. Interview, hit the podcast, 104.5thezone.com. Rate, review, subscribe. Back at it tomorrow. Later, y'all. Love you. See ya.